Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Blogcast with your hosts Will and Simon. We've got a really interesting project for you guys today. Hey Simon, how's it going? Hey Will, mate. Yeah, I'm doing really well today, and this is quite an exciting project. It's something I, you know, got really excited about when I discovered it. It's basically a interest-bearing stablecoin backed by Ethereum and backed by Ethereum proof of stake issuance. So it's a stablecoin that's. I mean, we've got a lot of them. We, we had Luna, we've got uh, we've got Dai and Maker. And what makes this one so different? I think you mentioned interest rates. Yeah, so this one earns a yield. So we should say it is Libra Finance, L-Y-B-R-A Finance. And basically it is, it's similar to Dai in that it is an Ethereum-backed stablecoin. So not a fiat-backed stablecoin like USDC or USDT. It's backed by Ethereum Collateral. And basically how it works is when you deposit your Ethereum, it converts into SCE, the Lido Finance uh, interest-bearing uh, interest ETH from the proof-of-stake chain. And you mint an EUSD, a stablecoin, from your Ethereum. So the SCE that it's converted to is earning yield via the ETH proof-of-stake. We've mentioned ETH proof-of-stake many times before. We've mentioned that that is basically, you know, the the risk-free yield for the crypto sphere. And that yield now from Ethereum is then converted to EUSD and issued to EUSD holders. So basically what it is, is a stablecoin that earns interest from the Ethereum proof of stake chain. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, I, you know, since Maker came out a couple of years ago, it's it's been great. And there's a lot of reasons to hold DAI or stables. One of them is to... I suppose diversify your portfolio or maybe during bear markets, you probably want to hold more USDC, more DAI as opposed to things like Ethereum. And so what makes this one interesting is that let's say during bear markets, so whenever I want to hold my stable coin, I can essentially pretty much have my cake and eat it. I'm holding a stable coin and I'm earning interest. But then my question is, could you tell us exactly where this interest comes from? Because uh, let's say I go and I buy this and I, and I exchange my UST for this stable token. Where is you're this gonna coming from? Your, your UST, you, you're going to exchange your UST for it, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed that uh, one, of the, one of the promotions that they have is that you can actually take your UST and, and I think your USDC and some other stables. And they actually let you trade it for this interest-bearing one. But I'm wondering, where is the interest coming from? Like, <laughs> that's, that's it sounds like magic almost. <laughs> so we, we all know that Ethereum has the proof-of-stake chain and it issues out to ETH. People who stake the ETH earn more Ethereum for um, mm. staking on the Ethereum chain. So how this works is it converts that ETH yield from stake into this US dollar stablecoin. So the interest comes from the Ethereum blockchain effectively. And so the reason why this would be really interesting to people, as you mentioned, this, the reason it'd be really interesting to people who are just stablecoin holders is if you're holding a stablecoin, you can do a lot of you know DeFi things. You can go provide it to liquidity pools to try and earn the yield on it. You can you know lend it out, you can borrow it. There's all sorts of activities you can do to try and make yield on that stablecoin while it's in there doing nothing. The beauty of this one is that you could just convert your USDC into EUSD, the Libra stablecoin, and that's it. 
the coin itself starts earning yield because it's deriving that yield from the ETH proof of stake chain. So it's probably one of the simplest ways to do it. And if we remember back to, to good old UST and Luna, so the reason why UST was so popular was because you could earn that 20% yield just from holding UST pretty much, had to go put it into anchor. But that yield for UST was being derived from effectively a lunar marketing budget. And so that could never last indefinitely, whereas the yield for EUSD is coming from the Ethereum blockchain. And so that, I guess, will continue to go into the future. So it's a far more stable and secure yield over the long term. Well, that makes it really interesting. I'm just looking at the total value locked uh, in uh, the, in Maker, the protocol that makes Dai, and that's billions. That's billions, billions of dollars worth of Ethereum just sitting in a smart contract, not gaining any interest. And so, what we're saying is that all of that money could essentially be doing two things. One, it could be securing Ethereum if staked through Libra, but two, it could be gaining interest for all of that DAI that has been created. If there's a couple of billion uh, dollars staked in uh, Maker's protocol, there's probably a half or a third of that worth of DAI created. That could be making interest for users pretty much. It could. I mean, that could be a risk for this protocol going forward in general, is that Maker could just pivot its code to a degree to utilize the same thing. And the, I guess the main thing to remember about this stable coin as well is that the mechanism of how it's actually peg is maintained because, you know, everyone's probably still remembers Luna collapsing and the USD going to zero. So the peg is maintained uh, through a liquidation process and over collateralization of Ethereum, just like DAI. So if you put $2,000 worth of Ethereum in, you can only mint $1,000 worth of EUSD. And if the Ethereum price drops, at some point, there's an automatic liquidation point, which will seal that Ethereum off to erase that EUSD debt. And so there's also going to be some arbitrage that will go on on the liquidity pools. But that's the main mechanism to make sure that the EUSD remains pegged is that over collateralization and the ability to liquidate people's borrowed positions if needed. So that will maintain the peg, which is you know very important to understand in how it differs to the likes of UST. Hmm. And... On their website, it said that you could exchange a couple of different stables for uh, for their stable for EUSD, and you just mentioned arbitrage, and I thought that it's kind of interesting because uh, let's say I'm holding UST or whatever stable that they'll take uh, in exchange for EUSD, I'd probably be tempted to to trade it and, and hold this interest-bearing token. But then that means the more I I buy EUSD, the more is minted. The more ESD is minted, it becomes uh, how did it affect the price? I think that would probably lower the price a little bit. But then, like you said, that would probably bring in arbitrages to try and keep uh, the coin at a stable place. So that would probably increase the transactions and maybe a lot of activity. So it, it sounds pretty. Yeah, it sounds really exciting. Yeah. And the other thing to remember is that you can always trade your EUSD for Ethereum on their uh, website. So $1 of EUSD can always be converted to $1 worth of ETH. So you can always back out of the EUSD and get your Ethereum back. So that's you know a great system. Whereas 
again, EST, UST and Luna, they were pegged to, to, together. And so, you know, you were trading out your UST for Luna, whereas this one, you're getting Ethereum back out to your Ethereum. And there's always the opportunity to go long on Ethereum by depositing your Ethereum on Libra, getting EUSD, converting that a couple of times in, in a loop and holding a little bit a little bit more Ethereum than you started out with, but also gaining extra interest. Uh, obviously, that's pretty risky, but there's probably quite a good chunk of the market that does that with the DAI, uh, especially during bull markets. It sounds like a really interesting thing to do. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. And that's, you know, the, the looping mechanism where you're borrowing and then converting back and then redepositing more collateral and borrowing against it. But yeah, there's a lot of risk that plays when you do that. But with this, if you don't want to take that much risk, you know, you can simply just convert your USDC into EUSD and earn the yield from it without even participating mm. in the function of the protocol. You don't have to deposit the ETH to, to be part of the protocol. And I think that's probably one of its strongest points is that there's at some point in time, there's going to be a lot of people holding stable coins we don't want to do all the other DeFi, DGen kind of activities and just want to earn that kind of easy interest-bearing yield. Like that's the real selling point for this. Mm. And I do like the simplicity. I mean, the protocol is a little bit new from what I understand. So there's probably, it probably needs to go through uh, like the gauntlet of bull and bear markets. Hackers probably need to get into it and try to break it. But then... At some point, it would sound like the stable of preference to hold. I honestly, outside of risks, I I, I really would want to hold this. But then, speaking of risks, uh, what what should we consider as users? How safe is this? Uh, how safe is this protocol? Do you think? Yeah, well, just like. Every protocol that's out there, there's obviously smart contract risk and they're layering on smart contract risk to a degree here because you've got Lido smart contract risk, but they are then using Lido Finance. So you've got to, you know, doubling up your risk there by your two protocols. Lido Finance is obviously being battle tested. So I would probably suggest that risk is quite low, but Libra's smart contracts there has been audited. So that is a good sign of a protocol that's out there trying to, you know, do good things. Uh, I guess the other thing to think about is that for this to succeed, just like any other project, it needs, needs to reach a critical mass of liquidity. Like the idea of wanting to hold EUSD is great, but if not enough people get there fast enough, then mm. the, the protocol kind of falls on itself. You know, we need to have people wanting it more and more and more and to the potential of, you know, the Aves of the world starting to use it as collateral as well. So kids that, that kind of snowball effect otherwise people won't do it but even if it fails i guess the good thing is is that you can always go back the other way you can always trade your eusd back to your ethereum and move on if if the critical mass never gets there so i think that's two biggest risks really is just it not being adopted mm. and the usual smart contract risk so kind of low risks in the grand scheme of mm. crypto at the moment i think oh yeah i mean I feel like the risks that you just mentioned are fairly standard for any new protocol. There's always a smart contract risk, even for all protocols. And then adoption, I mean, it's it's an uphill climb for most projects. Some projects just start and they get super lucky and their TVL goes up. But I guess this project is kind of nice because it has been around for too long. And I think they've already got a TVL of $10 million, which isn't too bad for, uh, I don't even know if it's been around for more than a month. 
So I guess we just need to see whether it grows, right? But then, yeah, you are right. You are right. Mm -hmm. It's only been a month, and to jump to ten million dollars TPL is pretty pretty decent for a, a new protocol. Mm. But then, speaking of growth, uh, what are the tokenomics, and are there incentive mechanisms to get it to grow? How does that look like? Is it? It sounds like a really interesting protocol to use. But then, how does the tokenomics and the investment perspective look like? Yeah, and that's what makes this protocol great is that it's got a really great use case for people to just use it without needing the token. And on top of that, it's actually it does have a token which does have some merit and value to it. So it is a DAO. Everything's a DAO, but this one is a DAO that is generating fees from using the protocol. Uh, they've also what I quite liked is that when I looked at the tokenomics, their percentage of token that went to the team and their advisors is actually relatively modest. It's I think thirteen and a half percent went to the team and their advisors. The rest of it is mainly going to the mining program to obviously incentivize people to go and mint more EUSD. So that I think is a pretty fair uh, starting point, really, with um, the team really are invested to obviously see this to a big height because they haven't got a huge amount of tokens and they're less incentivized to dump at any time soon when they don't have that much volume. So I think that's really cool. And so you can do multiple things with the LBR token. You can obviously just stake it and then you can earn protocol fees and participate in the DAO. And while the mining program is still going, you can obviously use EUSD and USDC and go into liquidity pools to earn more LBR. So that's just the mining incentivizations. So tokenomics wise, it's really cool. Protocol wise, it's really cool because people will want to use it without needing to use the token as well, which I think is a really good winner. So there's reasons to hold the token for governance. There's reasons to stake it. And when you're staking, I think you do earn a little bit as well from the protocol. So that sounds that sounds really cool. Sounds like it definitely definitely sounds like a good protocol to watch. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Will. I think it's definitely a good protocol to watch. I think it's at a very small market cap right now, so it's super risky. It's got a lot of way to go, but I just love the idea of it. Using ETH proof of stake issuance to create a stable coin to earn yield just by holding a stable coin. I think it's kind of something that the Lego blocks of Ethereum, the Lego blocks that are being built of DeFi really needs in this space. Simplicity. Mm. Yeah. And it sounds like there's probably a couple of interesting ways it could grow, even just as a governance token. There's probably ways in which um, the governance itself would create demand because uh, ETH is not the only uh, stakeable token that can provide yield. This I can see this stablecoin probably expanding to other tokens that provide yield. And one way that would make the governance uh, interesting is for people to vote in which tokens they want to become part of the collateral. And that could create some interesting demand uh, just for governance, I think. And so, uh, definitely something interesting to to watch and i'd probably say it's one of the more interesting projects that we've looked at i definitely would agree this is just a really interesting project with a really good future case mm. so yeah i'd recommend a lot of people go and have a look at it mm, amazing definitely something to watch definitely something to watch and maybe even try out all right thank you simon until next time thanks will